It is Wednesday, October 5th, and you are listening to Run That Back. I am Scott Bunn. And I am Tom Chalmers, and this is your Indie Sports Radio. We made it to October. Great sports month. Jocktober. <laughs> Jocktober. No, I'm just going to be screaming <laughs> into the microphone. Uh, whenever possible. Yes, we soon have many, many sports available. Um, we we have uh, baseball winding down, college football, pro football in full effect, but soon enough, hockey and uh, basketball yeah. also coming into the equation. I know. It, it's all happening. It's all happening. Uh, and, yeah, we've got a really good guest who's going to join us in just a couple of minutes. But, um, uh, Tom, first of all, like, how are you? You're actually dressed up for the radio today. I am dressed for the radio. I will be attending the... Uh, Asheville Music Video Awards yeah. uh, later this evening, which uh, will feature some folks here from Asheville FM. And yeah, just uh, happy to see a lot of people I know from the music community represented with their videos, some folks I know from <laughs> film directors and otherwise mm-hmm. represented, and then lots of funny people as presenters and otherwise. So uh, uh, it should be a good time. But uh, yeah, little, little coat and tie right now. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's a little shiny, too. I uh, like it. It's a that. good look. That's all I got. It's a good look. <laughs> It's only fitting for October, one of the great sports months of the year, April and October, really great sports months, uh, when there's a lot of sports to talk about. Uh, really, one of the best people that we can call and bring in, uh, bring on to the show to cover pretty much any sport we would throw at him is our old friend Gary Leonard. Gary, are you there? I am here. Thank you all uh, for having me on Run That Back. There are a few things in life that, that bring me greater joy than getting a message or email to to be invited to this show. I'm not sure what that says about me, um, but, but I'll, I'll uh, attribute it to just a great show, and, and I love I love being a guest uh, here, so I'm looking forward to it. Yes, please. Yeah, Scott mentioned, cool. yeah, uh, Gary, you are the perfect all-purpose throw. Yeah. Um, you, 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 you cover all <laughs> things, and we feel a, a little warm and toasty afterwards. Um, so so uh, great. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to get to, but we feel like our first connection with you, uh, Gary, used to be on. On in the six uh, o'clock hour, yeah. Um, as a DJ here at Asheville FM, so we had crossover. We sort of realized that we did have a huge passion for soccer slash football um, in common. So it always makes sense for us to uh, to start there, as we have both Premier League and UEFA Champions League mm-hmm. uh, to talk about right now. And um, uh, Gary is a, a professed Liverpool enthusiast, yeah. And so we're always happy to uh, check in with him. So, uh, uh, Gary, how have you been uh, enjoying absorbing the uh, the soccer serving so far? Um, the, the soccer serving has been great. Um, I I love Champions League football. Um, I, I'm excited to get into that. Um, Liverpool, as mentioned at the top, we were able to win our match against Rangers. Um, we're looking actually fairly well in the Champions League tournament, uh, less so in the Premier League, um, yeah. which I can talk about here a little bit. But um, all things soccer right now, we got the World Cup um, just right ahead. We're in the thick of things in the in the Premier League season. But it is a strange one because there's going to be a big break, right? There's mm-hmm. going to be that big World Cup break. Um, and so you're seeing kind of the in the Premier League, at least, you're seeing kind of the table form. Um, the surprising Arsenal Gunners are at the top. But um yeah, it's been, to, to be honest with you, from a Liverpool standpoint, it's been a bit of a hard season. And, and much of that is attributed to the fact that 
the standard and the precedent has been set so high uh, for the last few seasons, the last five, six seasons under Jurgen Klopp. And um, we're falling a little bit short of that, which um, for many Liverpool Red fans, um, it's not the easiest watch right now. Yeah, and I, I mean, I know we'll probably talk about, um, you know, some of the changes that you've had, you know, in the scoring department, but it hasn't felt like that's been, you know, like striker midfield to some of the attackers no. that you've had, but it feels like mostly it's been the defense uh, that has really been the most surprising thing, just seeing, you know, Liverpool giving up, you know, three goals or more. And uh, just wondering, um, you know, Virgil van Dijk, you know, was uh, was out with a long-term injury and sort of, like, worked his way back. But, you know, a, a lot of uh, the manager Jurgen Klopp system relies on just having that really stable guy who can shut down, you know, the main striker, the opposing striker. And that was Virgil van Dijk for a number of years. But it, it seems like... Uh, you know, is it is that too easy to say? Is it is it Van Dyke or is there something more systematic that maybe I'm missing? Yeah, if you all don't mind, let me get real nerdy on my <laughs> Bring it. That's why you're on Run That Back. <laughs> let me put on my nerd bib. Yes. <laughs> yeah, advanced metrics when it comes to football tactics. I think it's a number of issues um, for those that have been following the Premier League, that have been following football, soccer. Um, who watch Liverpool, I, I think you've become accustomed to the gen-gen pressing style that Jurgen Klopp really brought to Liverpool. We were just blowing teams out by, like, you know, the half. Mm -hmm. we'd, we'd be up three, four goals. That was really a part of our identity. And, you know, obviously we lost Sadio Mane. Uh -huh. um, we have a bit of an aging midfield. Um, there was a there was a, um, a, a, a infographic or um, an image that was shared with me not too long ago of how we started one of the Premier League matches was actually the same exact lineup that we started two years ago. So I think what has been really uh -huh. great in terms of continuity, I think what's happening right now is as players get older, as they start to lose that form, as you bring in new players, um, you're just kind of missing that cohesiveness that you had. And so I think a big part of the success for Liverpool was our ability to press, press at the top. So when, you know, uh, opposing teams are kind of playing the ball around, um, Liverpool excelled in terms of their attackers and their midfield attacking the ball at the point of contact, which caused a lot of those players to just hoof the ball up or give the ball away, which right. kind of resulted in a lot of the goals that we scored. You saw like Mo Salah, you saw Firmino a couple years ago, and you saw Sadio Mane just really scoring for fun. And so many of their goals came out of like possessions won or possessions lost from the opposing team. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of that is our inability to really get the ball. Um, our, our pressing has just been poor this mm. season and i think another thing that's happening that you're seeing sadly is another part of liverpool's identity is this high press or i'm sorry not the high press but it's a high line so that's your back four and when you play up you essentially kind of you condense the field and you overwhelm opponents but what's happening right now is now you've had five plus years for these premier league managers to be able to figure out how to exploit that back line right. and, and as much as i love trent alexander arnold as much as i love andrew robertson they are essentially wing backs that are playing right. fullbacks. And so when you're able to attack those pockets on counters, we're getting completely exploited right now. So I think it's a number of things that are happening. And to be just completely fair, you know, our top players, Virgil van Dyke, um, Fabinho, Mohamed Salah, just have not 
been at the form that I think we've been accustomed to. We're talking about world-class players, like, you know, arguably top five at their position. They've been nowhere near that all season. And so I think you're running into a number of issues with this team right now. And it feels a a bit of an identity crisis. And I think, you know, in any other season, you know, we're, 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 we're okay. You know, we can look down the road in terms of like, we'll figure it out. We'll turn this around, but it doesn't, feel any better when you look across you know like you know manchester and you see <laughs> erlen holland scoring 14 goals in eight appearances and with manchester city just running away with it in terms of like you just expect them to keep that pace that they've kept for the last four or five seasons and you know sadly for me at least and i think for other liverpool fans is i think it's caused us to actually kind of re uh, reset expectations a little bit in terms of maybe we're not contending for the premier league title which is really unfortunate because the one trophy I really want. Um, and, and maybe maybe top four is kind of the goal here. So it, it's hard, and I hope I'm not being too reactive, but what I've seen so far on the pitch hasn't hasn't really uh, provided me much hope that we can turn things around in a drastic fashion. We actually play Arsenal in that, so I think that's going to be a real true test in terms of like where we are, if we can actually make a run for it. Yes. No, uh, Gary, awesome analysis. Uh, yeah, as a Man City fan watching Liverpool, I even miss Mane. He's just yeah. such a graceful, yeah. amazing player. And I, I think also Liverpool has lost where they would sort of t- rob a team of their spirit. Like a team would yeah. be playing pretty well in the first half, and yep. yet somehow they're down 2-0 because if Mane yep. had a chance, he would convert. Or uh, Salah as well, who's just not quite as magic as he was a couple years ago. So there's that thing of like, oh, no, we're sort of trading blows rather than yep. how are we down already? They only had three shots on goal <laughs> right. and two of yep. them went in. Um, so yeah. uh, uh, And yeah, is just doing uh, so well now in the German League, and uh, it's not surprising. Of course yeah. he is. Of yeah. course he is. And I don't want to make excuses, but you know, not for nothing, but you know, Liverpool, we've, we've had a good number of in- in- uh, injuries. Uh, Diogo Jota was injured for a good spell. He's just coming back into the squad. Uh, Thiago was out. Um, the starting center, center back for much of last season, particularly our Champions League run, Ibrahima Kanate has been out. He's just coming back into training. Uh, so we've had a good number of injuries. It's injuries. It's not an excuse. Um, you want to believe that, you know, clubs of this size and with this type of money to be able to invest in, in your, your players can make up for that. Um, but we haven't, you know, and I think it's it's felt really drastic in terms of the loss of Mane, to your point, um, of being able to put away some of those goals. We haven't been as clinical in terms of finishing that. And and I think what we're looking at is like a bit of a pivot point. I, I, I 100% anticipate us going hard after like a big, young prospect midfielder, maybe a mm-hmm. Jude Bellingham, because I think we need a... I think we need a um, a shot in the in the vein in the midfield. Like we we're trotting out thirty plus year olds, James Henderson and James Milner, and to compete at the top in the Premier League and the Champions League, um, that's no longer good enough. Uh, it's also true that. Again, some of the uh, rest of the league has gotten quite good. So them tying Brighton 3-3 this past weekend would have been very surprising uh, yeah. just, just, a, just a short time ago. But, yeah, it's not that surprising this year because, yeah, they, they've, again, they've bought well. They've you know recruited they're, well, they're all sitting, that kind of they're stuff. They're sitting fourth in the table right now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're just excellent defensively, Brighton is, but they just lost their manager to Chelsea. So uh, th- that's the, like, Premier League at work, where uh, yep. one of the uh, you know club with a lot of resources just like, oh, you're doing really well, huh? Foop, we're going to take this from you. <laughs> uh, but yeah. uh, we need to shift over to the team that is top of the table, Tom's favorite team, Manchester City, because uh, 
this incredible club, which uh, is just so well uh, staffed, uh, conceived, uh, uh, just the players there, the system is just all perfect. And then they were like, oh, we're going to go get the gr- the best young striker in the world. And it just yeah. works to a T. So, Tom, yeah, you, you the, need some time. The Warriors went and got Durant. I mean, yeah. that's what Man yeah. City yeah, did. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, that's but we correct. can't just rely on us being the same next year. So let's give up a few players, um, Sterling mm-hmm. and uh, um, uh, Jesus and otherwise. Mm-hmm. But, wow, he has... Ex- exceeded expectations. He really it does feel like he is a uh, half man, half god. Um, they show his dad is always so excited in the stands, and I always imagine like, oh, where's his mom? Oh, on Mount Olympus. That's <laughs> yes. why they can't show his mom. Um, he he's fantastic. Anything that is pointed towards the middle, he finds a way to put some part of his body on it and put it in the net. He's got three consecutive uh, hat tricks in the last three home games. And, uh, and I do need to offer up one clarification or we'll hear it from our yes. seekers, senior yeah. soccer correspondent, Jeff Carnavale. Arsenal is actually top Arsenal. of the table. At the tip yeah. top. Yes. Yes. I was going yeah. to make that after you all were kind of done waxing poetic about City. <laughs> is that for the Gunners out there, as of, as of right now, Arsenal sits alone and pretty at the top. Yes. At 21 points. So my apologies to Arsenal fans. I, I know I'm probably never going to live that down. Uh, but I I kind of feel like we know where this train is headed. Um, yeah. um, but uh, I, I would also just offer up that like having De Bruyne uh, be that sort of like uh, sort of point guard for uh, Kevin Durant is just like uh, they're just so perfectly compatible as uh, partners on the pitch. Uh, like it's it's just incredible. Uh, Gary, what are you seeing? Um, a couple minutes before we take a break, what are you seeing with Man City and the rest of the Premier League? Well, as a as a Liverpool fan, I I don't love it. Um, watching Erling Holland break every record. Like, just to put it in context for the folks that haven't been watching closely, he broke the fastest to score a hat-trick in the Premier League at eight matches. The previous talisman was Michael Owen at 48 matches. Like, that what? is, like, unreal. So we're just watching this unprecedented, like, talisman just, like, score goals for fun. And it's just, like, and, and you know, from a personal standpoint, also as, like, Someone who plays fantasy uh, Premier League, who has Erling Holland on his team, it's great for me. Um, but you know, I, I just think with there were there were conversations early in the season of what the fit would be like. You know, Manchester City was always a, a team that played with a false nine. Pep Guardiola's like you know midfield and just like like the the ticky tacky style, like passing around. It's like how is this like traditional nine going to fit in? All of those conversations out the window. Because I think when you have players like De Bruyne, when you have players like Phil Foden, when you have players like um, just like just the endless amount of people like midfielders that can create, you just like you you have someone who is just a clinical finisher and you're giving him so many opportunities and you're seeing what can happen with it. I don't I don't see it stopping. And I think the one sad thing for just like from a neutral standpoint is that we don't get to see Erling Holland at the World Cup. Um, there should uh... be some type of like way that any team can just like Bona, yes. Bona, uh, like a world class striker to <laughs> right. bring him into their team when they're not scoring goals. That's the one slight in terms of having this World Cup is we won't get to see Erling Holland um, 
you know, just completely dominate yeah. central defenders at the World Cup. Can't another country just annex his country for, uh, you know, for four months? How about the yeah. United States? Yeah. Like, uh, we could use a striker like him. Um, yeah, I I know there was some talks that Trump wanted to buy Greenland, so maybe this was, <laughs> this was it. Yeah, so we used to have Gary on uh, right before us on Asheville FM. And yeah, you would uh, be playing this, you know, really cool music, very beautiful music. And then you'd be like, I kind of want to just be on your show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it's great to have you back on the uh, on the show. Uh, So we're going to shift focus um, from uh, world football to American football to the NFL. Um, And... uh, Let's just get this over with, Gary. Let's talk about your your stupid franchise. I'm going to call them that. The Washington <laughs> Commanders. The Commies. I, I got to say, like, if they weren't so awful, like, there could be a heel turn opportunity um, with this team. But... Um, are, are you finding anything that you're uh, like that you want to root for with this team, or <laughs> is the shadow of of Sauron of uh, Dan Snyder just <laughs> is it just too dark and overwhelming? I, can we just like 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 can we just get this over with? Can we just completely like <laughs> remove this franchise from existence? Can we like Men in Black style remove it from our memories and just complete erasure? I, I when when you all share the prompts in terms of what to discuss and the, the topic of the commies and the the Manders was coming up. I, I wasn't really sure how I was going to go into this because as as a Washington fan um, that has been rooting for this team for the better part of. 20 plus years there's there's very little optimism and i was talking with a a, a a friend who's also a commander's fan and he was just like yo they should pay us the <laughs> fact that we haven't jumped ship like over the many things like whether it be having a racist uh name whether it be having an owner that sexual assaults like women and like having like the whole cheerleader scandal having a toxic work environment having the worst stadium in the in the league having just like one of the, the like the most inept teams like where do you start right it's yeah. like a sad 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 laundry list and i will admit um i i wanted to turn the page like i the loyalty to a fault i i'm here for better for worse to, to see this out i don't see i don't see a light at the end of the tunnel <laughs> it's very much the snyder's like eye of sauron hovering above and i think with like the commanders, um, full transparency, hated the name. Um, I was not the name that I wanted, but here we are. But I was like, you know what? The the, jer- the jerseys are kind of cool. I like the Matt Burgundy helmet. Mm. So let's give this a shot. I'm turning the page. I like some of the skill positions. I like the receivers. I like Curtis Samuel. Jahan Dotson looks like a real player, like Terry McLaurin. Maybe we got some 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 like blue chip, you know, defensive linemen and, and Montez Sweat, Chase Young. Uh, Jonathan Allen, Jerome Payne, maybe, you know what, I can look for it. And then what happens is the season happens. And, you know, we, we, we start off, we get a win at Jacksonville, and then it's been three straight losses, and they've been ugly losses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even with, like, the all-black uniforms against our, our hated rivalry, it's just like it wasn't close. And I think actually the saddest part about – the, the loss to Dallas wasn't even actually the loss. It was the fact that I saw an, a picture of Dan Snyder at the game. And it's so silly to me, but I'm like, of course, he's the owner. But it's just like that reminder of like, I don't actually see a version of this franchise moving forward 
with the current current ownership. Like mm. I think like with Dan Snyder, him like, you know, stepping back from football operations and letting Jason Wright take over things. And then his wife, Tanya Snyder, running all like the overall brand. It's like it's still the same thing. It's still Dan Snyder, like behind the scenes. It's still the same person that, you know, like there was a quote um, a few years back from like an NFL executive that said like the Washington franchise is like a backwards car wash. Like no matter what, <laughs> like what, how you like, no matter how good of a coach or like how squeaky clean of like a resume you have, Ron Rivera to anyone yeah. else, you're, you're going to come out dirty. And I think you're just seeing that. And like there was a recent interview after the loss with Ron Rivera and he dropped, he was dropping explicits. He was just like losing his patience. And it just, it's not great foreshadowing for what's to come. And, you know, I just was really hoping for a, a new team name to new team Jersey bounce that actually, you know, in a, in an odd way that you oftentimes see with a lot of franchises that kind of like rebrand themselves. But it, it, it looks like the same, the same thing that we've always been accustomed to. And I, I wish, I really do wish I could have more optimism than I do. And I, I try to, but it's, it's hard. And I think, um, I, I like a lot of Washington fans, if they're still Washington fans, still like feel that way. Um, and there's obviously players that you can report. There's some very likable players, but all in all, the product is just, uh, it's not there. And I, I, I just don't actually see us being competitive. And, and at this point, I think um, four or five wins and, you know, continue to, to pray to the football gods that somehow Snyder will no longer be the owner. That's just, I think that's where I'm at. And sadly, I think Ron Rivera won't make it um, yeah. past the season either. Yeah, there's a few things. One, just as uh, the point so that the Cleveland Guardians get to now uh, go mm. to the playoffs and sort yeah. of enjoy yeah. some time uh, in the spotlight with their new name and mm-hmm. sort of like, oh, good, we're a new association with a new name. Yeah. But yeah, when right. you're just bad, you're just like, whatever they're called. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I, I know it's not realistic, but when teams, obviously you have to strive for efficiency and otherwise, but when it comes at the expense of, really, that guy? Yeah. Um, so with the Panthers and uh, Baker Mayf- Mayfield, I'm like, uh, that guy? Yeah. Like P.J. Walker. I'm not saying he's better but he's yeah. so much more rootable yeah. you know and just like what a great story and then same thing with the the commanders when i was like taylor heineke he was just like what a fun guy to get behind and yeah. i understand if you are a serious fan you're like yeah but he's 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 not a, you know we're not going to the playoffs with him or, or if we do we're losing in the first round of the wild card we're not we're not a super bowl contender but i was like yeah but you went with that guy that two previous teams just didn't like <laughs> yeah. that they get rid of him and you're still having the same results. So at least we could have been able to go, hi, Nikki, and just yeah. enjoy the occasional um, wonderful second half. You might have of a, of a game or two. So I, I just get sad when teams choose sort of striving for efficiency rather than, but we love that guy. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't also help for, for this franchise is, and I know anyone who watched the Monday night game between the Niners and the Rams, you saw the graphic of, you know, this was a, a team that once upon a time on our coaching staff, we had the likes of Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. yeah. We had Sean McVay on the coaching staff. We had Matt LaFleur on the coaching staff. We had Mike McDaniel on the coaching right. staff. We had Kevin O'Connell. You have, I just, I just named five <laughs> current head coaches that are considered like these young, innovative, like prodigies. And at once upon a time, they were understaffed either – through Mike Shanahan or Shanahan or John Gruden. And it's just like, it's one of those things. And I, I don't dislike Ron Rivera. I think he's a, he's a good person. Um, but you know, like you continue to try and like, um, put a bandaid over these like deep, like, like root issues, um, whether it be your franchise or whether it be like 
what it actually means to invest in youth. What does it actually mean to like stop pretending that you're like one quarterback away from like contending? Right. Like, that, that yeah. was like that's what that's what we were sold as Washington fans. It's like now we have Carson Wentz, and we were one quarterback away because Tyler Heineke couldn't make those throws. Now we have a quarterback that can make all the throws. We're <laughs> one quarterback away from competing when like we all knew that wasn't the reality. So like why why wasn't there a version? where we couldn't have one of these young, innovative coaches. Like, why don't we still have Trent Williams on our team? And so it's just always these reminders, specifically when you look at, like, the rest of the NFL and, like, where we are trending towards in terms of young coaches that have a lot of creativity in terms of, like, their play calling but also their personnel. Mm-hmm. And then you see, you know, where Washington's at. It's like, where where does it actually, like, what is the the direction that we have? Like, what is, like, what is kind of the thinking, the long-term strategy that we have? And I, I just continue to be so underwhelmed by the moves both on the field and off the field that has 100% played a part in like the the disconnect from the fan base. And like, I'm not one of those people that were like, I was at RFK. I was like in like hall gear, like rooting for like the 87, 91, like championship teams. But like once upon a time, Washington uh, did have one of the better fan bases. I think you've, you've literally witnessed an owner like drive away a fan base and it doesn't it doesn't help when you have the Baltimore Ravens that have Lamar Jackson that have literally for the last decade have just won consistently like you're going to lose fans that way and then you're going to tear down RFK and build a stadium in Landover Maryland which is like an hour away from (laughs) DC you're going to have all the issues with the team and it just literally has like sucked the soul of so many Washington fans and it's hard. Like I, I watch it and I just, I no longer have the excitement. You know, we're all obviously fans of sports and like we, we ride or die with our teams, but it gets harder and harder every year with this team. And I, I just wish we could get it over with. Like, can we just, is there a version we can just hit like the ultimate reset over the last 20, 20 years, honestly? Yeah. We need to need to take a break in just a minute, but you know, there's even the thing of like, well, you could tank to get a really good draft pick, you know, draft one of, you know, Bryce Young or whatever his name is, CJ Stroud or something like that. But then you're like, is this a team that you want to be, you know, like caretaking a really good young quarterback? Or is it going to be kind of like, you know, Trevor Lawrence with like Urban Meyer last year where you're like, oh, this is just kind of a waste of an opportunity of a good quarterback, you know? So, um, so yeah, it it is kind of depressing. But real quick, be, before you mentioned the Baltimore Ravens and wanting to be excited about some football, so oh, yes. we get to uh, check in with Scott <laughs> for a little bit. So the, the Bills did match up against the Ravens. Didn't look very good early on. No. Um, uh, but the uh, Bills found a way to uh, climb back and win a close game, something yes. they had not done in the last uh, eight close score games. Yeah, and you had you had sort of named that during uh, during the show last week, and I got like Martin Short defensive uh, about it. <laughs> that's like, so funny. That's yeah, so funny you'd say that. What do you mean? <laughs> I, I'm not getting defensive. You're getting defensive. So I was who told that. you that? So yeah. then yeah. I immediately texted Tom after the game. I was like, "What score win?" <laughs> I was like, "Let's close this narrative." But yeah, it was uh, um, uh, yeah, it was a weird game. 
by the way, I just wanted to say it's been a weird NFL season. Yes. Like it already has been. Um, so, uh, yeah, and you're out of your picks pool. Like fantasy <laughs> seasons are just weird, you know. Um, but yeah, and then it, it was a strange start to the game for the Bills. They, it was like drizzly and cold and wet and sort of like you could tell that the Bills seemed a little like hung over from a really tough loss sure. to the Dolphins the previous week. And then, they sort of sound their, found their footing, and then the defense played remarkably. And again, Josh Allen continues to just to be the superhuman, you know, athlete. You want to talk about Mount Olympus? Mm-hmm. I, like I, I kind of feel like I'm watching that every week. So um, it's it, 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 it's been really fun, and yeah, and so then they sort of expertly like work the clock at the end of the game so like the ravens just never touch the ball again so it was it was really good to have that and then we're on to pittsburgh josh allen is literally a buffalo it's kind of unfair (laughs) i gotta say gary sarah spooner uh who's our friend she's been on the show many times she is an old washington fan and she has said the Bills are my AFC team, and she said she's paying a lot more attention to the Bills than to oh, the wow. Cowboys. Is that how it happens? Is that how the jumping of ship? Like, I, Just I, saying. Like, I don't actually know how to do that. Like, I like, do I start rooting for an AFC team, and then eventually my loyalties would just completely convert over? I, I don't know how that works. Or but. you could have a West Coast team. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You could be a Raiders fan. Yeah. Uh, so there, there are different ways to come at it, but yeah, I was going to ask you: is is there any way other than just stepping away from the game? Are, are you allowed to, allowed a side hustle when your team is just disappointing on a variety of uh, platforms? Yeah. I yeah. like the side hustle concept. That's a good yeah. good way to yeah, think of I, it. I need a little, I need a little side check. It is just shortly after the uh, seven thirty point of time in our show, and that means it's time for the local sports calendar. Something that we looked to do when before the quarantine times and then it went away and then now that there's many local sports to report on um our intern fran murphy has now stepped into that position and does so at this time every week fran murphy take it away local sports calendar thank you tom over the weekend the charlotte hornets opened up their preseason with a 41 point loss to the celtics they look to bounce back tonight with a matchup at home against the pacers NC State football lost to Clemson last Saturday by a score of 30-20. NC State is now ranked 18th in the nation with a record of 4-1. Their next game will take place this weekend against Florida State. The Carolina Panthers dropped to 1-3 with a 26-16 loss on Sunday at the hands of the Arizona Cardinals. Their next game will take place this weekend against the 49ers. The Atlanta Braves successfully clinched the NL East last night with a 2-1 win over the Marlins. Ooh. Atlanta's divisional round opponent will be the winner of the upcoming Phillies versus Cardinals wildcard series. And lastly, Charlotte FC improved to 13-17-2 last Saturday with a 4-0 win over Philadelphia Union. Charlotte's next game will take place against Columbus Crew. All right. Thank you for that, Fran. Uh, we've got Gary Leonard on the line. Uh, but this is a segment we want to talk some baseball. We had John Reed on last week we talking about the New York Mets. Um and uh, I know that John is very disappointed at uh, how this weekend's uh, uh, weekend went with their series with the Atlanta Braves. I would just so yes, you definitely want to win the yep. division, particularly when you're ahead ten and a half games at some point, and it's never fun. But I, 
I think this is good for the Mets. I think mm. they're going to go and have a really fun series with the Padres. Yeah. I think they've got a chance to win that series. Um, and, I, and, and they've actually uh, had a, a nice run the last four games. They yep. uh, like let off a game with like four home runs in a row at one point. So I, I think it could be good. Yeah. Um, rather than, oh, we just barely got in. and uh, can, It's like, go oh, have a great series against the Padres and uh, uh, hopefully – um, find yourself going up against the Dodgers and, and see what happens. Uh, so uh, the biggest sort of baseball news has been Aaron Judge um, for Tom's favorite team, the New York Yankees, uh, chasing um, not only the Yankees home run single season record, but also the American League yes. home run single season record. Um, and uh, maybe we'll start with with you, Gary. Um, I I don't know. I, I know you're a Nationals fan, and uh, so where is the the Judge home run uh, race landing for you? Yeah, a couple thoughts. So the first thing I really like the segment on the local news. That's a really cool feature. Nice. Uh, to you all, props to you all for doing that. But um, yeah, I mean, like everyone else, you run to the bathroom, you go on a jog, um, and then life just cuts to the Aaron Judge. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like where, like we're gonna, we're, like no matter what you're doing in life, having dinner you're out um, at a bar with a friend, like life is going to cut to Aaron Judge at the plate uh, going for home run 62. But yeah, I mean, I always across any sport appreciate greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think breaking, you know, um, Roger Maris's record, um, the American league record is a huge deal. Um, I don't love kind of the dismissive tone that people have in terms of Wilberry bonds, because I don't, I want to believe that baseball isn't like the Miami Dolphins. That they don't, I don't, I, maybe. Please check me here, but I don't, I don't know. If, you know, folks are popping champagne every time that the record isn't broken. But mm. um, yeah, I, I just also want to say, just in terms of the overall landscape, you know, starting with Aaron Judge and just really going down the list of Shohani and like Soto and all these just like transcendent players. I think baseball is at a really unique opportunity right now to really capitalize on these stars. Mm-hmm. Like you were seeing stars that like are maybe generational talents here that we're talking about. And I just wish that this was a moment that you could reinvigorate the level of interest. I know baseball has its traditionalist in terms of just like people that, you know, will follow baseball. But I think there's a demographic of people that, you know, have football, have basketball, have other sports in terms of outlets but I think what we're witnessing with some of these young stars is really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, I've obviously been keeping keeping track of, of Aaron Judge. I think it's great. Uh, I'm excited to see where, where he finishes the season. But, um, yeah, I think he's a, an incredible player, and, and I think it's, it's well-deserved. I also love watching the, the fans um, try and catch these balls yes. and just, like, it being life-changing, the, the 61 yeah. ball where like the the two guys are going for it and they completely miss it and then like you just see the utter dismay on their faces because like they're just like oh. realizing that's just millions of dollars <laughs> yeah. gone out of like the mitt of like your your baseball glove that you had a chance to get it but yeah i saw like some of the numbers that are coming out in terms of what the what the 62 ball is going for and that's crazy yeah, that's a that's a life that's a life changing moment there to catch to catch that ball it is. Uh, no, uh, hooray to all that 
uh, Scott and I were talking about this. I'm just glad that he was able to do so. So much of sports, yeah, it, it was annoying that, as you said, just constantly cutting in, and people were like, I'm watching this game. Like, if <laughs> yeah. I want to watch baseball, I have the access to do that. Uh, I will do it if I want to. Um, but it's sort of like just because radio like plays a song over and over again, uh, that's not the song's fault. <laughs> yes, you know? right. Um, yeah, so, I uh, like that. Uh, uh, same thing with that, but just all that pressure, just to, okay, let's stop the world, let's change out the balls, let's get out all the cameras ready. Okay, go ahead and have a natural, organic at-bat. <laughs> yes. um, it was impossible. So I was really thinking, I, I thought he was going to get stuck at 60 because of all the, the attention. Um, but I was just just glad for him and also just for yeah for greatness that he was able to uh, eclipse you know just by one that's all it takes and 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 then have a nice moment um so yeah he can be recognized as uh uh yeah he's he is six seven two eighty two amazing like, yeah uh, we were talking yeah. about uh, early holland and, and other words just these uh, and josh shell and just these like to be that big yeah. um that yeah. tall but also to be remarkably skilled, yeah. you know, th- th- yeah. uh, being big and strong does not necessarily guarantee that you're going to be able to have, you know, the uh, the alacrity, you know, to mm-hmm. sort of you know connect on these things. So I- I'm just I'm just happy for success. Um, the fact that it was Yankees, great. Um, uh, uh, I've been pretty clear. I, I don't see the the Yankees team uh, mm. extending too far into the postseason because beyond him and some some good offensive players, I, I don't think that they are a well constructed team. But uh, hooray when I know what it is to uh, you know perform on a such smaller level, and I know what it is to be like. Oh, I was terrible. Right. Tonight was por- important, <laughs> and I was terrible uh, because I felt the pressure, and uh, and he did, and you saw it. He had one little moment of crack. The first game of the doubleheader before right. he hit it, he kind of whipped his helmet down, which is not anything he does. So you saw it get to him just a little bit, uh, but hooray that he was able to respond. Um, I did like this, that uh, Mike Shore, the creator of The um, of the Good Place and uh, Parks and Rec, uh, noted Red Sox fan and uh, Yankee hater, um, has been tweeting about Judge and his really good season, but also being like, Otani took a no-hitter into the eighth inning while extending his hitting streak to 14 games. And then the other one is, there's an argument that this is the single most impressive season put together on a baseball field, Otani, and someone else is going to win the MVP unanimously. So it is really strange that we have this uh, unicorn of a baseball player, Otani, doing stuff that we've never seen before, and it just seems to happen when you know Aaron Judge is hitting 62 home runs for the New York Yankees. You know, um, so yeah, let's uh, let's take it as a positive, like Gary said, of like this is this is good shape for baseball. And can we talk about maybe the the biggest bargain in all of sports of Otani having a one year agreement for thirty million to avoid arbitration? I'm like, there is a player that pitches and hits the ball I like know. this guy, I know. and he is he's out on a one year thirty million contract, thirty million dollar contract. When you're seeing some of these other astronomical contracts, like that is just like madness to me. And then the other thing that I think was really frustrating, I don't know if it was frustrating for you, Tom, but was just like these pictures that were just like intensely walking yeah. Aaron Judge. Yeah. Like that's so frustrating to me. It's like, because again, I am like, you know, someone who really appreciates greatness and great players. It's literally like MJ in his prime of just like people like refusing to guard him. Like, like you just have to like, you, you are a competitive player. 
like you also get paid and i just i i i felt like that was a bad like with all eyes on the score and all eyes on this like this massive incredible talent that is aaron judge you're just like now being you know cut to these like moments where you're having these pitchers intentionally walk i'm like that is rubbish Uh, like come on be better gary i totally agree so yeah uh, the Blue Jays, that was the previous season, uh, mm-hmm. a series, uh, walked him frequently. Uh, I know the Texas Rangers aren't playing for any postseason uh, positioning. They did not walk him once. Mm-hmm. Um, so way to go, Texas Rangers. So we've uh, got just a couple minutes left with the show and with Gary Leonard. Wanted to throw this out to you guys. Uh, I don't know if you heard this, but Elude Kopochi from Kenya, he won the Berlin Marathon for the fourth time, and he broke his own world record for the marathon, running it in two hours, one minute, and nine seconds. Can you believe that? A marathon in two hours and one minute. That's crazy. So there was the four-minute mile that was like the big thing. So yeah. there's going to be the two-hour marathon that's yeah. going to be the big barrier that I'm sure will be broken in the, in the next uh, few years. Probably by him. Yes. Um, and then um, also wanted to shout out that uh, – uh, we saw the retirement of Blake Bortles. Yes. Um, so want to just say... Blake Bortles. Yes, to Jason from The Good Place, uh, we hear you. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, while we've got Gary on, uh, Gary, you are an enormous NBA fan, uh, NBA head. Um, so we know you're a fan of the Wizards, um, but uh, what are you most looking forward to with this upcoming season? Uh, first, I just want to shout out the old Dirty Bastard song. Um, ODB is uh, a, 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 was BK born and raised as well, so that's very yeah. like all all points of connectivity there as well. But um, I am beyond excited about this NBA season. I have literally been watching preseason action. Wow. I'm so excited! Um, I chose watching preseason game over a Thursday night football game. That's when I knew uh, that, like well basketball, basketball is my jam. But yeah, I can I can uh, touch on the Wizards. But I think just as like a, a, a fan of the association as a whole, mm. is we we missed out on Kawhi Leonard last year. We missed uh-huh. out on Jamal Murray last year, on Ben Simmons, and just a lot. I mean, we missed half a season on Kyrie as well. I'm most excited to see those players back. Um, I also think you can make the argument, obviously, for the two teams that were in the finals last year, the Celtics and the Warriors. But I do think there's a good bit of parity that exists yeah. here in the NBA, more so than years past. When you a lot had of talent. Just like, a lot, of, a lot talent. of talent. But when you had that unreal squad of the, the dubs with KD, like that was all, always kind of a foregone conclusion. I think you've had some real elite teams. And I think, you know, on both sides, the Western and Eastern Conference, you're looking at four to five teams in both that can make a real argument that they're contenders. Yeah. And I'm just really excited to see that shake out. And and right now, as of right now, I think you have really, you have the Utah Jazz and uh, you have the Oklahoma Thunder that are, are tanking for Wembyana. Um, <laughs> and so I, I think uh, with that, I, I don't think you're going to have too drastic of like those bottom feeder teams that like, you know, like, like, like teams are just preying on, which is great. I think it's great for the league to be able to do that. So, yeah, I, there's just so much that I'm excited about. Um, from a Wizards standpoint, uh, it's not so great. Uh, we had a questionable at best offseason. Uh, we we signed our star player, Bradley Beal, to a Supermax contract. Mm. Um, I think for Wizard fans, uh, we're all a little gun-shy. Um, maybe pun intended, maybe not. Uh, but we're a little gun-shy. <laughs> nice. That, um, 
Uh, we're a little gun shy from the fact that the last time that we gave out a Supermax contract, um, it was to John Wall. And then John Wall um, proceeded to have two injury plague seasons, and then he had a bloated contract. And somehow we were actually able to turn that contract into one year of Russell Westbrook, and then we turned that into, you know, decent players and Kyle Kuzma, et cetera. But I don't know. We made a trade last year at the deadline um, for Kristaps Porzingis. Um, when you just look at it on paper, when you've seen the two preseason matches, um, we, we had a new coach, uh, Wes Unsell Jr. last year that came into it, who was supposed to instill a defensive-minded you know, style, something that's really been lacking with uh, many Wizards teams for the last years. We've, we've been able to put up points, but we've not been able to stop anyone. And I just don't see it. Um, you know, we're, we're promised... It's one of those things. There's something about the Washington teams, you know, they promise us like playoffs. And this is also a team where, you know, Ted Leonsis, who's the owner of the Washington Wizards, also the uh, owner of the Capitals, he, he's come out and said that, you know, this team will never tank, right? Will never completely right. bottom out to be able to get that star player, that LeBron James, that Zion Williamson. And I, I think it's hurt us, you know, because we continue to be this mid-lottery pick, <clears throat> picking at the tail end of, you know, like the, the lottery, the 12, 13, 11 range. And you just don't get those transcendent talents. And like, this is a league unlike any other, like unlike other leagues as you build around those star talent. That's yeah. the only way that you truly contend for championships, unless you're a big market, not mentioning the, the Knicks, but unless you're a big market <laughs> and you can have that star power, be able to move to teams and recruit their buddies to be a part of it. The only way to win a championship in the NBA is to do that through superstars um and you've seen that and you know the wizards we just continue to to, to really um be okay with mediocrity um and i it doesn't sound great but i i actually am really hoping that this uh bradley beal and Kristaps uh experiment doesn't work because i'd love <laughs> no I, I mean it actually because like last night i was watching some highlights of scoot henderson versus victor wambayana and i i'll say like wambayana is like a total you know we use the word unicorn a lot but there is something so unreal about this player and yeah. like he's this french he's this 18 year old like seven two seven four seven french four player that like seven four that moves around has handles can shoot threes it's it's literally un, unreal to watch him and you're seeing you know smart smart run teams like danny ages utah jazz and um Pre you know sam Presciat at in oklahoma city they are literally tanking like i i anticipate shay will play five games this year before yeah. they decide to tank him for the rest of the season. So you're seeing teams that are willing to go all in on these players. And, you know, unless like the Wizards, something like happens, like, you know, through injury. And I don't obviously with injury on anyone. I just really hope this experiment doesn't work out because I would love to be in that race for one of these players because like these are teams that can literally turn around a franchise. Um, I love Bradley Beal. Um, I, you know, he's, He's, he's a great player with great volume, but I have never considered him like a superstar. Like he's maybe top 25, top 30 player in the league at best. But at the end of the day, maybe he's like the second or third star player on a championship team. Mm -hmm. He's not, in my opinion, he's not going to be someone that's going to lead us to um, a finals. I hear you. So yeah, Gary, my, my quick take on the NBA season is this is the year where, man, if some of these things that we've been waiting for to work out could, like 
get the pelicans and mm. like you know uh, yeah. him finally being the, the thing that we've been waiting for or the combination for the nets or the combination for uh, the sixers or Kawhi on the clippers mm-hmm. if these things could actually be the things that we're like what if that yeah. would t- totally work out um if say like three of the five actually uh, rise to the surface could be so awesome. Yeah. Denver Nuggets, too. Right. I mean, the uh, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., that looks really good. Thanks for listening to Run That Back. We'll see you next week.